0: To the podcast from the Sunday night service at New life Church the Sunday night service reflects a desire to be rooted in the historic expressions of faith while engaging God with our whole being in the world today for more information on New life church you can visit our website at newlifechurch.org good evening good evening. that's where you say good evening no. I'm Daniel Grothy, Uh, really glad to be here. Um, Pastor Glenn is at a wedding tonight, like Matthew said, so I said, go enjoy the wedding and and I'll cover for you. And uh, a little bit about myself, I'm married to Lisa and uh, Lisa Carol Wakeley Grothy, and we've been married just over five years, and we have two little babies, Uh, Lillian, let's see, do we have Lillian, Jeff? Lillian, oh, there's Wilson. That's my boy. He's 10 months. And Lillian, my daughter, she just turned three. She's got her mommy's hair and sweet spirit, and he's got his daddy's appetite. And we're having a lot of fun with them. And uh, actually, today is my five-year anniversary of working at New Life. So this, it's fun to be here. Uh, thank you. We got married in Tulsa, Oklahoma. July 1st of 05 and then went to Mexico for a week, came back, loaded up a Penske truck and landed here uh, five years ago last week. So really, really glad to be here and uh, to share tonight. Tonight we're speaking on Ephesians three fourteen through 19. It's a continuation of the Ephesians series and the title of my talk tonight is Knowledge of the Unknowable. Let's read Ephesians three fourteen through 19 to start. And Paul says, For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints. To grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge. That you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. I want to do a quick summary. We're going to take one of these little lines here and focus on it tonight. But I want to do a quick summary of what Paul's saying here. First he prays. He opens up. I kneel before the Father. He puts his body into it. This is, these are people that Paul loves and he's very serious about his work and he gets down on his knees and he prays for them. Paul opens this book in prayer right here in the very middle of the book he prays and he closes in Ephesians 6 with prayer. Paul is a praying man and this is a praying letter and he tells us to pray. He says, I pray for you that you may have strength that God may give you strength. Strength is a big word for Paul in his letters, and it's never a human strength that Paul is talking about. He's always talking about a spirit strength. He's always talking about empowerment from on high that supersedes anything we could ever do in our own human strength. Faith. He says, I pray that Christ may dwell in your heart through faith. (laughs) He's saying, grab a hold of Christ through faith. Don't let it go. Don't let him go. So he's saying, I pray for you. I pray that you would be strengthened by the Spirit of God, not by your own works. We just covered that last week. And he says, you'd be strong so that you could have faith in Christ Jesus and be rooted in his love. Paul knows that anything that has good roots grows. And he's saying that, The soil that you're to be rooted in is the love of God in Christ Jesus. Let your root system press down into the soil of God's love. And then he says that you may grasp and know this love that surpasses knowledge. That you may grasp, seize it, grab hold of it, attain this knowledge by the strength of the Spirit and don't let it go. And he says that the result of this is Christian maturity. He says if you are strengthened by the Spirit to have faith in Christ and not let Him go, and you're rooted in His love and you start to grow and grasp and attain His love, you will be matured to the fullness of God, filled with all the fullness of God. This is rich stuff here that Paul is talking about. But tonight I want to focus on this love of Christ thing that Paul's talking about. The love of Christ that you would grasp it, not let it go, that you would get it, that you would know the unknowable. It's unknowable in our human strength, but by the Spirit, Paul says, we get to grow in the love of Christ. I want to say the first thing tonight. My first point is that God's covenant with us is a covenant of love, not obligation. I think that's really huge. A.W. Tozer said... What comes to your mind when you think about God is the most important thing about you? Is God making a covenant with us because of love, or is he kinda chained to us? Is he begrudging us? Is he kind of fed up with us, but oh I gotta I just gotta I can't lie, so <laughs> I guess I have to keep loving them. Darn darn Abraham I didn't know he was gonna have all those kids. They're kind of a pain. Is that the God that we serve? Or is, is, is he a God that loves us and has covenant, him, covenanted himself with us in his love? Let's look at Deuteronomy 7, 7 through 9. Moses says here, The Lord did not set forth his affection on you and choose you because you were more numerous than other peoples. For you were the fewest of all peoples. But it was because the Lord loved you And kept the oath he swore to your forefathers, that he brought you out of Egypt. Know therefore that the Lord your God is God. He is the faithful God, keeping his covenant of love to a thousand generations of those who love him and keep his commands. God's covenant with us is birthed out of his love for us. God's covenant with us is birthed out of his love for us. This is not the Wizard of Oz that we're serving. How dare you come into the realm of the great and powerful Oz? (laughs) This this is not God. God loves us. And he's covenanted himself with us in his love. You see, God's essence leads to his action. Another way of saying It would be God's being leads to his doing. Who God is ends up in what he does. We see this. The question is, if you cut God, what would bleed out of him? What's on the inside of him? Who is he at his core? What is his nature? John talks to us about this in 1 John 4. think it's going to be up on the screen he says dear friends let us love one another for love comes from God everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God whoever does not love does not know God because God is love God is not just loving though he is that John is saying that God is love incarnate that everything that is love flows from him because it is him If you were to cut God, he would bleed love. That's what would ooze out of him. That is at his core, at his nature. That is his DNA, is love. See, the central and organizing theme in the revelation of God in Scripture is his love. It's not judgment, it's not sin, it's not even righteousness. St. Augustine said that the, the core theme, if you were to to look at it throughout scripture the core theme is the love of God it's not his judgment if it, is his judge, if it was his judgment this would be a very small book and the people sinned and God smote them the end, amen <laughs> there is judgment God does judge and he will come to judge the living and the dead but it's all wrapped in his love he can't get away from his nature God's essence leads to his action. Love conquers all. Love never fails. Love covers a multitude of sins. These themes are everywhere in this scripture. Oh, how great is the love that the Father has lavished upon us that we should be called sons and daughters of God. Not his slaves, not his minions, not the people who owe him big time. He says, you are my children. When you pray, Jesus said, this is how you should pray. Our father. Not our boss or our CEO or the one that we are indebted to. Pray like this, our father. He loves us. So how can we better know? I think this is the question that that we have to answer. Paul is saying, I pray that you would be able to grasp his love, to know this love that surpasses knowing, Paul says. So how can we grow in this love if it's possible? And Paul says that it is. We've got to ask, how? I think the first thing that I would encourage us to grow in is to cultivate thankfulness. random occurrences of grace watch for them my little daughter Lillian is just so so sweet every day she says 5,000 things that make me want to fall over and cry and sometimes I do (laughs) she's just precious and she's tender and she's sweet and she's got these big beautiful eyes and she looks up at me and she just started saying this a couple weeks ago she said daddy I have a surprise for you. She's got this little lilt in her voice when she I have a surprise for you. I say, What is it, Lillian? I remember the first time. Now I know what's coming, but the first time I didn't know what was coming. (laughs) Daddy, I have a surprise for you. Really, what is it, Lillian? I love you, Dad. new life. I have a surprise for you. He loves you. He loves you. This is not a gig for him. We aren't just something that he had to find time to do. This isn't side work for God. We are it. We are His work. And He loves us. Cultivate thankfulness. It would break my heart if. My heart wasn't broken when Lillian said that. If those were just throwaway lines, something is wrong with my soul. But it's these random occurrences of grace where it's like, when she said that, it just ruined me. But she couldn't say that without me being brought back the one who enabled her to say that it's gotta mean something to me when she says that far beyond her words this is God that loves me and my daughter's getting it she's growing in this love these mercy sightings there he is he's active in my life what is he doing spending his time on me if I was God I would see that as a waste of time but he doesn't how does he not see us as a waste of time because he loves us like children Lillian is not a waste of time to me. She's everything. Wilson is everything. Lisa, my wife, she's everything. And somehow, this this is just a glimpse of what he thinks about us. If you can't look at those mountains and be in awe, you need to have a checkup. I'm serious. Seriously, that's a gauge for me. If I ever get tired of those mountains, I need to not be a pastor at a church. I need need to go away and work on my soul. But we here in Colorado Springs are blessed every single day. We can look over and see. I haven't seen the same thing once in five years of living here. Every time I look over there, it's different. And it's not random. God did that. And I think that we, he gives it to us to enjoy, cultivate thankfulness. When I look over there, I, sometimes I'm driving in my car. If, if you were in my car with me, you would think I was crazy. Because I just start screaming sometimes. <laughs> oh, God! Wow! You are so good. How did you do that? You are worthy, Lord. I think we have to practice at that. That we have to be people that do that, cultivate thankfulness. Robert Brault said, there is no such thing as gratitude unexpressed. If it is unexpressed, it is plain old-fashioned ingratitude. Say it. Thank him. Praise him. Call out on his name and tell him how good he is for what he's done. We can't just, oh, I'm an internal processor. No, that's not okay. I don't care if you're introverted or extroverted. God is to be praised. So when it comes to God, be extroverted. R.H. Blythe said, There is no greater difference between men than between grateful and ungrateful people. No greater difference between people than between ungrateful and grateful people. Have you ever met people that are just so ungrateful? It repulses me. It, it's... Let's just be grateful people. <laughs> two people, the same view, two totally different responses. Two different people blessed with children like Lillian and Wilson, two different responses. It's sad to me that some children are looked at as inconveniences. It's the greatest gift. Life. That God has entrusted me with Lillian and Wilson and made me their daddy and tasked me to be the one to show who God the Father is to them. That's hugely important. And I don't take it lightly. Let's cultivate thankfulness. Let's be people who, who bleed thankfulness, who it oozes out of us. just gratefulness, gratitude, expressing our love to the Lord for His love that He initiated. While we were dead in sin, Paul said earlier, Christ died for us. That's something to be grateful for. I would say that thankfulness tenderizes our hearts that the act and the practice of being thankful actually chips away at the callousness and the hardness that is so easily acquired by living in the world. Thankfulness tenderizes our hearts to be more open to and aware of God's love. How are we to know this love that surpasses knowing? Start by being grateful and thankful. It's a good place The second thing is by understanding the way that God reveals His love to us. How do we know this love? Well, we have to know how He does it, how He initiates teaching us what His love is all about. Paul here is totally unambiguous. He says it is by the Spirit of God that we can even have a chance at beginning to know the love of God. This is not human effort. This is not theology degrees that we can go acquire, this is, though those are great, I have one and I would like to get another one soon it's, that's not where we start we start by Paul saying, I bow before the Father and I ask that by His Spirit you would be strengthened so that you could grasp how wide and high and long and deep is this love this love will never be learned by human effort alone This love will be learned by submitting to the Spirit of God who is the Lord and saying, you be my teacher, Holy Spirit. You be the one that initiates me in this life of the love of God. Holy Spirit, without you, I'm dead in the water. You come be my teacher. You come be my counselor. You come be the one, as John says, that will lead you and guide you into all truth. Holy Spirit, we have to have you that should be our prayer Paul is all about the spirit revealing and us responding he says in verse 16 I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being our job what is our job then ok so it's by the spirit so, but what do we do right that's a decent question it's not just a holy takeover that we're put into this trance and he, he gives it to us and we're just like totally, we can't do anything. We have to cooperate with the Holy Spirit. So what is our job in this work of growing in God's love? I'm going to call it the ask and the wait. The ask, pray. Pray. It's what Paul did to open this. I kneel before the Father. Paul prayed to ask that we would know this love. So we have to ask. Teach us, O Lord. Show us. Lead us in your love. And then the wait. The ask, pray, the wait. Do you know why we meditate? Why we fast? Why we pray? I'm not talking Eastern meditation, weird stuff. I'm talking about meditating on the word of God and thinking on him and being quiet and getting away from the world we meditate to make space we fast to make space in our hearts and in our bellies and we open ourselves up to the Holy Spirit the ask the pray the wait is is turning things off pulling away Creating quiet turning things off from the world so that we can actually hear the Holy Spirit it's kind of hard to hear him when we're just constantly crazy busy I think the monks had it right in understanding the value of going away and being quiet the desert fathers these Wild men and women, the, the desert fathers and the mothers, and these people who have gone long before us, pulling away. And I'm not, I'm not talking about not knowing your neighbor's names and not engaging. We live in this world, but we've got to pull back to create space to let the Holy Spirit lead us and teach us. So we ask and we wait, but He does it. We don't do the work of growing in God's love; we ask and we wait, and He dumps it on us. See, Paul is alluding in this pr- in this prayer here in Ephesians three. He's alluding back to Ephesians one, and he says, "I pray that God would give you that God would give you, not that your study would give you, not that your." works would give you. I pray that God would give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him, that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened to know the hope of his calling, to know the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and to know the exceeding greatness of his power. Paul is saying, I pray that God would do this. We ask and we wait and God does. Another couple ways that God reveals his love to us is through humans. Humans. Do you know, for me, the, most, the two most important people in my life have been my parents, and they are the ones that totally gave me a fat pitch down the middle to succeed in knowing and loving God. They blessed me by how they parented me how they loved me, how they raised me, how they prayed for me, how they taught me, and how they disciplined me and spanked my little booty. I got spanked 20 times a day because I needed it. I needed it 30 times a day as a little boy. They disciplined me. They showed me the love of Christ. God has blessed me and has shown me His love through humans, through my parents, through my in-laws, who raised an, an amazing girl that I wanted to marry more than any other woman in the world and who is helping me pass that on to our kids now humans have blessed me God created humans and humans have blessed me God reveals his love to us through other people my grandparents my grandma sits, she plays in her little Indian Methodist Church in Lapway, Idaho, she plays the piano every Sunday and they sing hymns and we go to her house in Idaho and she sits down and we do a hymn sing for an hour, an hour and a half we open up the hymnals and oh man my grandparents have blessed me they are the Wilsons, Dan and Louise Wilson I'm Daniel Wilson Grothy named after him and my son Wilson is named after his great grandfather these are people who have showed me the love of Christ and who have made it easier for me to grow in it for myself humans bless us Ultimately, Jesus, the Word, made flesh. The Word made human. The Word who came down and took on the form of a human. God has blessed us through the ultimate human, Jesus Christ. Another way that God reveals His love to us is through the world that He made. If you ever go out here, if you pull out of this parking lot and go... East on New Life Drive. You know that field there right before the stoplight by the school down here? There's four antelope out there virtually all the time. Has anyone ever seen those antelope? Okay, I go out that way every day just to look at the antelope because that's their ground. They live in this field. They're there all the time. And every time I see those antelope, something in me says, I'm going to be just fine. God's providing for them they're sleeping out in grass they're okay (laughs) they're eating, they're reproducing they're fine, God is providing for the antelope, and there's four of them I think they actually just had a babe so maybe there's five, I've seen five lately, but seriously, I, I know this sounds funny, every day God is revealing to me more and more his love and His provision and His goodness by looking at those antelope. If they're okay, I'm going to be just fine. They can't defend themselves. I could go out there with a gun right now and shoot them and take them home and eat them. But somehow God just keeps taking care. Scripture actually says that He gives the beasts their food. He takes care of the animals. He takes care of the earth. He provides for the earth. One of my favorite things to do is to go out in my backyard at night, after I lay the kids down with Lisa, we've got this little hammock, and we have 20 birch trees in our backyard. They're small, we don't live out on like 50 acres, (laughs) Um, but we've got these birch trees and it kind of closes off our yard and our hammock is right underneath the birch trees. We go out there and we lay down and just look at the stars and talk and catch up on the day and laugh about our kids and how funny they are and the things that Lillian's saying And that place for me is the most peaceful place in the world and it's right there in my backyard, it, it doesn't seem like a big deal but God is revealing himself to me by helping me enjoy this little beautiful place in my backyard with birch trees sitting out there with my wife talking about God's goodness and God's faithfulness and God's love to our family God reveals his love through humans and through the creation that he's made by his spirit. The question is, will we open ourselves up to it? Because I could drive by those antelope and say, oh, cool, antelope. And I could go lay in that hammock and look at those trees and go, cool, we got trees. And it not mean anything to me. But somehow it means something to me that God is providing for the antelope and that it's a peaceful place to go lay under those trees. It would be really easy to miss that to just totally miss God in the antelope and the trees. But he's he's revealing himself and I would just say we have to have eyes to see and we have to have ears to hear and we have to have a heart to receive the love of God that's going on all around us all the time. My third point is let intrigue prevail. Let intrigue prevail. Be sucked in to the orbit of God's love. But we've got to be intrigued. We've actually got to believe that it's worth pursuing. That it's worth attaining. That it's worth understanding. Lisa, for me, is the greatest example of intrigue. My little sister, Anna Joy, who's getting married this week in Oklahoma... She was a high school freshman, and all of a sudden she had this volleyball coach, Coach Wakely. And who is this Coach Wakeley? She's beautiful. She, I knew her brother, comes from a good family, and now she's coaching my sister. Who is this international woman of mystery? And intrigue grabbed me. It hooked into my heart. And I had to pursue this girl. I was pulled in, I was wooed, I I had to find her out. I think we have to think about God that way. If we aren't intrigued, why would we pursue? If we aren't, if we don't have a hook in our heart, if we aren't stuck with something that says, what is this love of Christ, then we'll get bored. And I would say that boredom is one of the greatest enemies to intimacy. Boredom. Eh. Yeah. Been there, done that. I've, I've, yeah. I've, I've tried that before, it's okay, but... Boredom has wrecked many a relationship with each other and many a relationship with God. Marriages have ended because of boredom. And it just doesn't have to be. There's enough mystery and enough, what is there? What's in that? I've got to know. If we would just plumb the depths and give it our all to press into God and to his love, we would have an eternity's worth and not even scratch the surface. But we have to be intrigued. We have to cooperate with the intrigue that the Holy Spirit has put in our hearts. That pull, that wondering, we have to put feet to that. This word inexhaustible describes God's love. Here's a couple synonyms for inexhaustible. And by a couple, I mean a lot. Unlimited, limitless, illimitable, boundless, endless, never-ending, unfailing, everlasting, immeasurable, incalculable, inestimable, untold, copious, abundant, plentiful, bottomless, tireless, indefatigable, untiring, dogged, unwearied, unwearying, unfaltering, unflagging, unremitting, persevering, persistent, infinite. God's love is inexhaustible. We've got plenty to find out. So let's find out. Let's spend the rest of our lives, here and in eternity, finding out the inexhaustible love of God in Christ that the Holy Spirit will reveal to us. We, there should be no reason to ever get bored with the love of God. So that's where we come in, we work toward not getting bored. We cooperate with the Spirit's work of pulling us in to His love. God's love is increasingly knowable to those who are hungry. Paul says, you will never know it all, but I want you to know this love that surpasses knowledge. So he's saying, I want you to keep growing in the knowledge of the love of God. Jeremiah 29, 11, most of us in the room know it, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Right? Well, if you read the next two verses, 12 and 13, he says, you will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. It's a guarantee. God will not turn us down. We will not be stonewalled by God. He says, if you will seek me with all of your heart, you will seek me and you will definitely find me. We can't not find him if we seek him with all of our heart. God's love is increasingly knowable to those who are hungry. We don't have to no quantum physics we don't have to be conversant in all the theories on lost the show we don't have to we don't have there's so much that as believers in Christ we don't have to do but one thing that is a common thread in Christianity is you have to be hungry for him Jesus said those who hunger and thirst for righteousness will definitely be filled but we have to hunger and we have to thirst. Don't just take my word for it. Paul is his, is his very best interpreter. His own best interpreter. So let's look at what Paul says in Philippians 3, 7 and 8. He says, But whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For whose sake I have lost all things, I consider them rubbish, that I may gain Christ. Paul says, throw everything away in the trash as long as I can have Christ. To know his love, to press into him, and to gain him, you can take the rest away. David, one thing I ask, this is what I seek. That I may gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and dwell in his temple all the days of my life. This is our scriptures This is is all over the place in the Bible. And this is the commonality within the people of God. We are people who, by the power of the Spirit, are intrigued with the love of Christ. And we say yes to pressing in to Him. And we grow in this knowledge of the love of Christ that we'll never fully get, but we will keep getting it. Lillian, she's amazing for all these great quotes and stories. I was playing with her last week and she's got all these little babies, these dolls and she's got blankets and bottles and passies and diapers and they actually have diapers now for babies that you change their diapers. This is crazy. I never had that, thank God. (laughs) But Lillian's changing diapers and she's got like eight different ones and they've all got names and and Annabelle and Judy, I mean who names their kid Judy? like, like Lillian, I didn't even know she knew that there, Judy was a name you know, um, but anyway she's playing with these babies and I said Lillian um, I was eating something, like maybe some trail mix, do you want to feed your baby? And she said daddy, little babies don't eat she said they eat when they get bigger Daddy, little babies don't eat. They eat when they get bigger. I think sometimes we think about the love of God like Lillian thinks about her babies. Sometimes we get in the way. We're the ones that hamper ourselves. And, and rightfully so. Many of us have histories and past and stuff was done to us and people have made it hard for us to know the love of Christ. That is reality for all of us. But sometimes we get in the way and we muddy the waters and we, we misunderstand the love of God unnecessarily. She said, Daddy, little babies don't eat. They eat when they get bigger. I wonder if we think that, no, I, I, can't, I can't have the love of God. I, when I get more mature, when I get bigger, when I actually bring something to the table for God, He'll help me understand His love. But until then, I'm just kind of this... Schlep. I'm. I. I don't. I'm not good. I'm not very righteous. I'm, I'm a bad Christian. I'll. I'll eat when I get bigger. I'll. I'll receive God's love when I get better. When I'm. When I'm a big boy. When I'm a spiritual, growing boy. I'll eat when I get bigger. I'll partake of the love of God later. But right now, I just don't deserve it because I'm just a mess. No babies get bigger because they eat a little bit here and a little bit there and a little bit here and a little bit there and a little bit here and Wilson wakes up at 3 in the morning and wants some more yogurt and all of a sudden he's a big boy babies have to eat to get bigger we have to experience and partake of and open ourselves up to the love of God now even in our perfection in our imperfection to get bigger, to be more mature, to grow in His love. We have to start where we are. So in this room, we have the spectrum represented. We have people who are followers of Christ for the last 50 years, who've done marriage really well and raised kids and are just stalwarts in the kingdom of God. And we have babies. We have people who are just coming out of sin. We have people who have done some really stupid things really recently and feel guilty and we have people who are everywhere in between just just start eating now take a little bite and you'll get bigger say yes to it one more time the love of God and you will grow receive it as a gift by faith in Christ Jesus and you'll grow if you are trying to say, I can't, I can't take it because I'm just a sinner, stop. You just really have to be okay with saying yes to the love of God that's not earned, it's a gift. Say yes to Jesus by faith, receive God's love, and grow. And one day, as you continue to do it, day after day, after day after day, and year after year, you'll wake up an oak of righteousness. Strong and mature, deep roots. But it just takes starting now. Don't wait for the perfect day. It's just like they say, if you wait to have kids until it's the perfect time, you'll never have kids. If you wait to say yes to the love of God until you're all put together, you will never say yes to the love of God. Say yes. Paul wants us to... Jesus paid for us too. It's God's plan that we would. So I want to close tonight by reading this prayer, this Paul prayer, in the us form. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom His whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of His glorious riches, we may, He may strengthen us with power, through his spirit in our inner beings, so that Christ Jesus may dwell in our hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and that we may know this love that surpasses knowledge, that we may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that you love us and you expressed it ultimately in sending Jesus Christ who in turn rose from the dead and sent the Spirit our Lord the Spirit to dwell in us and to lead us and to guide us into all truth. So we pray Holy Spirit we listen to what Paul said and we pray that by you Holy Spirit we would be able to grasp Together with all the saints, how high and how wide and how far and how deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, to to know what is unknowable, it can only be done by your work. So we open ourselves up to you tonight. We do not intend to grow in the love of Christ on our own. We do not intend to grow in the love of Christ by our own good works. We aren't going to earn this. We're going to ask and we're gonna wait and you're gonna do so we just say do it now Holy Spirit show us through people around us your love show us through the world you created your love for us and your faithfulness to us and how much you're gonna take care of us like you always have Lord bless the body of Christ here at New Life Church with the understanding of the knowledge surpassing love of Christ Jesus may we be mature people rooted and established in your love that would grow to the full measure of God. Lord, we ask this in the name above every name, Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, who made it possible for us to know his love. In Jesus' name, amen.